Hello, friend. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. This is Pastor Pitts Evans. On this podcast, we read and discuss one chapter of God's Word per episode. Let's go now to the Bible and see what the Lord has for us today. Today I'm going to be reading from Matthew chapter 23, but I want to say a few words before I begin. There's a lot in this chapter about religious leaders and the motivation of those leaders. In various ways, Jesus calls some of the religious leaders of his day hypocrites and pretenders. And then he gives some advice on improper behavior and proper behavior. I want you to listen to the scriptures today and think not only of the Jewish leaders in the day that Jesus lived, but think of the pastors and the religious leaders, perhaps those on television or perhaps those on radio, and I'll submit myself to your subjection as well. Examine all of us and consider them according to these standards. Matthew chapter 23. Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, The teachers of the law and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. So you must be careful to do everything they tell you. But do not do what they do, for they do not practice what they preach. They tie up heavy, cumbersome loads and put them on other people's shoulders. But they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move them. Everything they do is done for people to see. They make their phylacteries wide and the tassels on their garments long. They love the place of honor at banquets and the most important seats in the synagogues. They love to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and to be called rabbi by others. But you are not to be called rabbi, for you have one teacher and you are all brothers. And do not call anyone on earth father, for you have one father and he is in heaven. Nor are you to be called instructors, for you have one instructor, the Messiah. The greatest among you will be your servant. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You shut the door of the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. You yourselves do not enter, nor will you let those enter who are trying to. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You travel over land and sea to win a single convert, and when you've succeeded, you make them twice as much a child of hell as you are. Woe to you, blind guides! You say if anyone swears by the temple, it means nothing. But anyone who swears by the gold of the temple is bound by that oath. You blind fools! Which is greater, the gold or the temple that makes the gold sacred? You also say, if anyone swears by the altar, it means nothing. But anyone who swears by the gift on the altar is bound by that oath. You blind men, which is greater, the gift or the altar that makes the gift sacred? Therefore, anyone who swears by the altar swears by it and everything on it. And anyone who swears by the temple swears by it and the one who dwells in it. And anyone who swears by heaven swears by God's throne and the one who sits on the throne. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, and cumin. But you've neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. You blind guides, you strain out a gnat but swallow a camel. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! 
You clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they're full of greed and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and dish, and then the outside also will be clean. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You're like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of the bones of the dead and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside, you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside, you're full of hypocrisy and wickedness. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You build tombs for the prophets and decorate the graves of the righteous. And you say, if we had lived in the days of our ancestors, we would not have taken part with them in the shedding of the blood of the prophets. So you testify against yourselves that you are the descendants of those who murdered the prophets. Go ahead then and complete what your ancestors started. You snakes, you brood of vipers, how will you escape being condemned to hell? Therefore, I'm sending you prophets and sages and teachers. Some of them you will kill and crucify. Others you will flog in your synagogues and pursue from town to town. And so upon you will come all the righteous blood that has been shed on earth, from the blood of righteous Abel to the blood of Zechariah, son of Berechiah, who you murdered between the temple and the altar. Truly, I tell you, all of this will come on this generation. Jerusalem, Jerusalem. You who killed the prophets and stoned those sent to you, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, and you were not willing. Look at your house. It's left to you desolate. For I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So once again, the scribes and the Pharisees really caught it in this chapter. In verse 5, Jesus had this to say about them. Everything they do is done for people to see. In verse 6, they love the place of honor at the banquets and the most important seats in the synagogue. They love to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces. And so these were, to use a term from our generation, posers. They like to be perceived as religious, and they like to be perceived as people who should be honored, They made a great show of righteousness and godliness, but um, uh, Jesus went on to say that they were hypocrites. Now, this word hypocrite that's used so often in this chapter in the first century Greek comes from a word that means actor. And so whatever you think of the word hypocrite, its base meaning, it means actor. And so these people were acting like godly people when in point of fact, many of them were not godly. Uh, This is a broad brush because some of the religious leadership in Jesus' day, I think of of Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus, received Jesus. And these two men apparently sat on the Sanhedrin. So not all of the teachers of the law and the Pharisees were hypocrites, but some of them were. And Jesus um, called them various things. He spoke of them as hypocrites. He said they were blind guides. He said that they clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside they're full of greed and self-indulgence. In other words, they put on a good show, but inside their hearts they're full of greed and self-indulgence. He said that they were like whitewashed tombs that look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside they're full of dead men's bones and everything unclean. And so they made a, a great pretense of godliness, but in reality it was a masquerade. They were not righteous people. Their hearts were not toward the Lord. Their hearts were lawless. 
and um, Jesus called their hand on it. Now, this chapter ends with three very interesting verses. I want to read the verses, um, and then I'll talk about them. In verse 37, this is Jesus speaking, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who killed the prophets and stoned those sent to you, how often I've longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, and you were not willing. Look, your house is left to you desolate, for I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Now, this expression, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, was a uh, well-known messianic prophecy that the Messiah would come in the name of the Lord. And so this uh, response for mankind, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, we heard this um, two chapters back in the time of the triumphal entry. You remember as Jesus was coming into Jerusalem, the people were saying, Hosanna, Hosanna to the son of David, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So Jesus was looking for something else. In these verses, he's speaking to Jerusalem. This is the city where God had chosen to place his name in the Old Testament. This is the city where God had allowed a temple to be built, where all mankind on this planet were to worship the one true God. This was the city that is constantly compared in the scriptures to the pupil of God's eye. The apple of God's eye is his pupil. And so Jerusalem, this is a city that God loves and Jesus loves. And he talked about the people who live there, that he, he longed to gather them under his wings. The Old Testament speaks of the, the people of God being gathered under the wings of the Lord. But he says that they'd missed the time of their visitation, and their house is going to be left to them desolate. And then he makes this statement. He says, you will not see me again until you say. Now, many years ago, I was listening to a, a Jewish Christian man, a Jewish believer in Jesus, named Dr. Howard Morgan. He believes that this is a conditional prophecy concerning the second coming, that Jesus said to the Jews of Jerusalem and perhaps the Jews of Israel, perhaps a broader cross-section of Jews worldwide, will not see the return of the Messiah, Jesus Christ, until they say collectively, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And so this Dr. Howard Morgan, who I greatly admire and respect, he's been my good friend for over 25 years now, he believes that this is a conditional prophecy, that some portion of the Jews on this planet, perhaps a, a large portion of the residents of Jerusalem, as I said, or residents of Israel or greater Judaism around the world, we don't know the numbers, but some portion of the Jewish people are going to have to say, Jesus was indeed the Messiah. Blessed is he who came in the name of the Lord, and blessed is he who's coming back in the name of the Lord. And so I don't know whether that's an accurate interpretation of this or not, but Jesus definitively said to the people of Israel, you will not see me again until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. That may be the day he comes. We don't know how all that plays out. But whatever the case, the Jewish people of our generation are no less loved by the Lord Jesus Christ and by his heavenly Father than they were in the generation where Jesus came to live with them and to die for them. So I want to pray for the Jewish people now. Lord, I pray for Jerusalem, and I pray for the peace of Jerusalem, and I pray for the people of Jerusalem and the people of Israel. I pray for both Jew and Gentile alike that inhabit the Holy Land, but especially the sons of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob 
the Jewish people, and the brothers of Jesus Christ. Lord, may their house be restored and not left to them desolate. May they be gathered under the wings of the Almighty. May they once again say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, to the Lord Jesus Christ. And may his second coming be the triumphal entry of all entries into the city of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Whole Word. It was brought to you by Whole Word Fellowship and the Northern Virginia House of Prayer. If you were encouraged, please share our podcast with your friends. We'd also appreciate it if you'd hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app and take a few moments to write a review. If you'd like more information on our church and our ministry, you can go to wholeword.net or wholewordpodcast.com for more information. Thank you again, and may the Lord Jesus bless you today and always.